doesn't have to be perfect. Listen, this is a this is a product. Uh, welcome to Movie Podcast Evangelion. I'm Dr. Mamies, and I'm Rachel. And um, today we're going to talk about Death Proof. You may be thinking another old movie from the 2000s. Well, if you even know about this movie, if you even know about this movie, um, it is the final Quentin Tarantino movie I had yet to see. Uh, He has made nine films, as he is uh, fond of reminding us. (laughs) And the tenth will be his last. And it's like, why? Isn't he supposed to be directing a a Star Trek movie? So is that going to be his last Oh, that died a long time ago. Oh, I I I guess I thought it came back. I think he's one of these guys who's like, I would direct a Bond. I would direct a Star Trek. I'm interested. And then people are like, do we want him to? Like the conglomerates that own those franchises are like, I don't know. This, this is too much of a liability. Yeah, kind of too much of a liability, I think. I, you know, because um, he has enough clout to, to demand to do what he likes. Yeah, uh, and absolutely. And I don't think they're probably interested in allowing him that freedom. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about Death Proof. Um, and we're just like also going to talk about Quentin Tarantino, an, an oft-discussed director, mm-hmm. but... Um, I think it's probably impossible to talk about a Tarantino movie without somewhat discussing him as a director. Good point. I, I guess I'm, yeah, I'm thinking when I've listened to or like read critiques, it's always involved parts of him as, as the creator, as, as the director. So when you tune in to listen to a Tarantino movie commentary or criticism or whatever it is that we're doing podcast. Absolutely. You're going to hear about Tarantino, the, the director. And and something I think we should point out is that I feel that he has had many cycles of criticism directed at him. Mm. From his first film to his most recent. We've been through like five different cycles of Tarantino discourse. Yeah. Um, and this movie comes sort of dead in the middle. This is 2007. Of his oeuvre, yeah. And his first film is Reservoir Dogs, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Immediately jumps on the scene, this former video store clerk, mm-hmm. aspiring filmmaker, makes a low-budget movie with, um, you know, some middle-tier actors mm-hmm. in a warehouse. It's... It's a huge splash, It's a huge splash for independent film and responds a bunch of terrible, imitative films. Um, Such as the, the Curse of Greatness. Yeah. Boondock Saints type things. Um, oh, don't say that too loudly. Right. And then immediately he goes to Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. which is, you know, nominated for Best Picture, changes movies, like defines a lot of like certain yeah. 90s aesthetics of films, uh, writes and directs part of Four Rooms. Then we go to Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. then the Kill Bills. And now we're at Death Proof. Um, and so... This comes out in 2007. So just dead center of the aughts. Yeah. Like the aughts. And they've established their aesthetic. Because right now I don't feel like the the 2020s have established their aesthetic. But by Mm. 2007, the aesthetic of the 2000s had been established. Yes. I think we can Certainly. Certainly. What that is, uh, maybe this, this discussion will partly illuminate it, at least from Tarantino's perspective. Yeah, I think so. Because he is concerned in this movie with the aesthetics of eras yeah as 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 much as it is like a a 70s grindhouse movie which very much is it's also well it is is it though because i think that's a big discussion 
that I have heard about this movie or that I was... Okay. And that I, I feel is valid upon watching this. I feel like he copped out of making a grindhouse picture in this with this. I he don't know. He did not know. follow the essay question. I don't know how you could call any part of that movie a cop-out. <laughs> it's... Listen... If the assignment to Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, because they collaborated to make this Grindhouse double feature that was released in theaters together, in his their assignment was, you have to make a movie that's an homage stylistically and content-wise to the Grindhouse films of the 70s. Now, I will admit, I haven't seen a ton of those, but I have mm-hmm. seen some. Mm-hmm. A- enough, I think, to feel that he kind of half-assed his his i think that it but he he tarantino'd it and that's his responsibility as the director okay so when we say he tarantino'd it we mean that he took a piece of a sort of genre aesthetic from the 70s and remixed and updated it for the 2000s or yeah. the 90s but right now 2007 to his own tastes in in a, in a in a very particular way, I think that like a Tarantino movie, like you know when you're watching one, he he there is the essence of Tarantino. Yeah, that he so it's like no, you're right. Like he didn't do just a straight up '70s grindhouse movie. I think that that would be boring. Yeah, it would be. I mean, it will. I mean, did Robert Rodriguez try to do that? And it I, kind of was. I or? haven't seen Planet Terror, so I can't. I, I can't people, weigh in. People are just like, you haven't even fucking seen Planet Terror. It's like, I know. All right, th- sorry, we didn't see it. Doesn't We're matter. About I'm talking about, about Death Proof. Although we can talk a little bit about From Dust Till Dawn. We always certainly because that can. is their other collaboration. Yeah. Uh, that we watched together. Um, yes. And we're very pleased by. <laughs> it's a good movie. Um. But so. Let's get into it then. Because we want to talk about those aesthetics, and they and, definitely and the Tarantino isms, which this movie is rife with. Yeah, um, and it, yeah, it just it really pops out of all parts in a sort of, of more movie. artless way than oh yeah, I think it is done. I, I will say, I I think this is my second. No, I'll just say I think it's my least favorite Quentin Tarantino. I'm movie. like I'm disappointed to hear that, of course, but I'm not surprised. I guess. You've expressed to me how much you did not like Hateful Eight. I did not like the Hateful Eight. I loved the first half of it, and then I thought it just totally just fell off. And it is surprising to me that given what you said about it, that you would rank this lower. Yeah, but because I, because I think the Hateful Eight at least has that first half to recommend it. You don't like the first half of this movie. Okay, well, I guess we have to go through the movie. And I want you to. I want you to. It's just, the same movie twice, folks. But it, but it's but it's not. But it's not. But we'll get into it. So we should start. So we got seventies intro features. Mm-hmm. You've probably heard the. We'll play it. Yeah, actually, this I think that I'm editing this one. So editing Rachel. Editing Rachel will play. Well, she's gonna play that. She's gonna play that little ditty for us. Um, and we got feet. We've got feet. I mean, it's. I I think that it's really that the feet are there just right away. It's the first shot. It's the first shot. Quentin has no shame about his fetishes. No. Um, we could talk about that a little bit. Um, I like that he has no shame about his fetishes. Abs- absolutely. And I also totally think it's totally fine when people are like, he's just fucking being a 
dumbass with it or like <laughs> wait what is that what is this criticism right. that you're talking about cut, of him cut, being a dumbass cut that out it? cut that out that's not articulate we'll, we'll see um what i'm saying is like i understand why people roll their eyes at it like you gotta risk it for the biscuit you, gotta risk, you know what i mean you like if you're a true pervert you know that people are laughing at you yeah I think and that, that's part of what makes you horny i, I think, think that like quentin tarantino like knows that it's funny and weird yeah. And that doesn't, like, it either is part of it for him or it doesn't matter. Either way, good for him. Either way, I think that's how you should be, you know, if you're going to make horny art. Yeah, I mean, there, we start out with the feet in this film. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. We see dirty feet later on a number of times. Yeah. Um, we uh, see someone's... For Kurt Russell, lick a foot or like, almost lick a foot. Like, he licks lick his, his finger tongue, and lick a foot. Yeah, yeah. And we also see a, a, a lady's leg fly off and you see her foot flapping as it slaps onto the pavement. Not just any ladies. Uh, Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier. Who I thought was going to be <laughs> Sydney Poitier, the male <laughs> the legend legendary. of acting, but instead it is his daughter who I had forgot was named Sydney Poitier. I mean, she's, she's very beautiful. So the Poitier jeans, the, specifically the Sydney Poitier jeans are very strong. Oh, she's super hot. They have the same hot. name. She's super hot. Uh, this is, and so we're in the seventies, all this stuff has happened. We've had the seventies interstitials. We've had, uh, the seventies titles, the, the, uh, title cards, which are in seventies font, mm-hmm. uh, by a Jack Nietzsche, cool title yeah, name guy, cool. uh, Weinstein produced. Uh, yeah. Yikes. Uh, yikes there. all that sucks. But well, the seventies thing is cool, but the Weinstein thing sucks. No. Um, yeah. The, not all that sucks. The yeah. Weinstein thing sucks. <laughs> so we've gone through the seventies. Uh, stuff and but we're not in the 70s but we're not we're in the 2000s straight up uh, which is important to note they have like flip phones that are texting with t9 they have the lowest rise jeans and weird skirts possible terrible low rise baggy jeans yeah it's it's (laughs) primary colors primary colors it's just bad waistline it's it's hard it's hard to look at but this is what the 2000s looked like yes i think yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was a kid. I don't know. I wasn't really wearing stuff but like I remember that, but that. I remember. Uh, we're the quintessential millennials, so we have the right to talk about... I can talk smack about the 2000s. Yeah, the 2000s. It was our decade, and it was also Tarantino's decade. <laughs> um, so we got these three women in the car. Three multiracial uh, beauties, one of them who is Sidney Poitier. Yep. Um, and they are... Uh, another thing that Tarantino is fond of including, which is women who are hot, but like not model hot. Yeah. Which I mean, makes them hotter. Which makes I them think. hotter. I, no, I, I, I not to be like a hotness agree. snob, but like it does make them hotter. But it I makes think, them hotter for the purposes of cinema. They, I mean, like, I mean, it's not like he doesn't feature model hot women. I mean, we're talking about from Dust Till Dawn. We have Salma Hayek up there. Oh in, my God. Yeah. In the bikini with the, yeah, it's a whole thing. That and so is, like, yeah, like obviously like, model hot, but I think that most of, the women in wow. this are would be extremely attractive if you saw them on the street. But oh, of course, of course, they yeah. look a little bit normal. Yeah, they're yeah they're beautiful, normal, beautiful women. Yeah, um, which is cool. It's very cool. Tarantino loves to show you his taste. <laughs> he loves to show you his taste in women, mm-hmm. his taste in women's feet, his taste in music. Oh yeah, and his taste in films. And yeah. his characters are all cinephiles, they or are. are often cinephiles. Yeah, or they are facilitating cinephile discussions at the very least. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he loves to. Which is this sometimes is a really good music flex movie for him. Yeah, though. he he always has the right song, uh, and it's great. That's great. Um, but. It's also kind of hard to believe that some of these ladies are like cinephiles, but they all sort of work in entertainment. 
Yeah. So Sorry, maybe I should retract that. But he like re- lays it on really thick. He well, has like them have posters and stuff. Yeah. Like so classic films. In this first group of women, we have Sydney Poitier. We have um, what we have Jordan Ladd, who I'm not familiar with. Okay. And we have Vanessa Ferlito, who I'm also not familiar with. But I've seen this movie a couple of times. This is Doctor Movie's first time seeing it. That's right. Um, and after I saw this the first time she just like made such a huge impression on me i think she's incredible like her she is so fun to sydney watch. poitier or uh, vanessa ferlito oh yeah the one who does the lap dance the one who does the lap dance Great, yeah she's very good she's just like and she's like a really funny character she does as some well. a lot of good scene work with and Kurt she Russell. gets the just like one of the, the grittiest end i think right um, which rules? We'll we'll get to those. But this is our our kind of group, and this is our kind of group, and we're immediately subjected to like a fifteen minute long conversation between the three of in them in the car. In the car, which like sets up a lot of that, you know, does a lot of exposition. Yeah, they establish like you know, Jungle Julia. She is a DJ, a local DJ. That's Sydney Poitier, right? Um, and that is part of the reason why the rest of movie A happens. Right. They're going to a bar. And yeah. they're, they, they're plastered. They're plastered. And the Eli Roth is getting them drunk at this bar. Yeah. They're, they're wasted um, because they're running like a promotion for their radio station where they're going to like give lap dances to you. If okay, they well, say the, the secret code. Okay. So it's specifically that Julia on, on air was like, I have this friend who's in town, the specific friend mm-hmm. butterfly. Mm-hmm. And you give her a drink and you say this poem. And then she has to give you a lap dance. Right. And we're subjected to it's a little. It's a little it, does that sound a little convoluted? Just, well, they ex, that they take, spend fifteen minutes explaining. They it do. They do. They, they really linger on it, so you really can't be that confused about it, even though it is completely random and illogical. It doesn't right. make any sense. But sure. they're at this bar. They're getting totally plastered. We've seen this kind of like spooky car, right? Trolling around. That's death proof. That's. That, that's death proof. We've seen him. Yeah. Um, and specifically, Vanessa Ferlito has has seen that car going around. And, and the driver of it is, he, he has their pictures in his car. Yeah. It's very spooky. And he's and been following them, stalking them. Yeah. Major stalker vibes. Um, which I guess sort of like, I, I suppose, I, I remember this movie being, because I was alive. I'm an elder millennial. Mm. Uh, I remember this movie being sort of marketed as like a car chase action film. Mm, it's very much not. Yeah. Uh, it's... Yeah. Talky. It's, it's so it's, talky. <laughs> there is no dialogue cut in this movie at all. There are, there are like no less than like six 15 minute long conversations because Quentin loves dialogue. He's like a playwright at heart in yeah. some ways. It's he, just people standing or sitting somewhere doing dialogue. And some actors are more up for it than others. He writes some voices better than others. Yep. Um, some actors are better at sort of elevating his voice, like mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson, we think, mm-hmm. you know, sort yeah. of papers over. So let's say some of his deficiencies in writing <laughs> black people, shall Let, we let's say? say some deficiencies. Um, his propensity to use the N word in ways that are just like never quite hit your ear. Right. No. Like, but cause like some Jackson people are, can make it happen, but he can make it happen. And I think, you know, some people are just uh, so offended that he, he uses the word and, and, and maybe they have a total right to be, I think there's some people 
aren't comfortable saying it and then there's some people who want to say it and Quentin, and Quentin is Quentin is one of those um where he used to be I think maybe if you asked him now he'd be like I probably shouldn't have done all that in true romance there's this scene between uh Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken where Christopher Walken's going to kill Dennis Hopper and he's an Italian guy Christopher Walken is and and Dennis Hopper knows he's going to die, so he just goes on this long digression about how the Italians are ascended from blacks and and says the N-word, like, a hundred times. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> oh, boy. It's just, like, not comfortable. And it's something you could do in the 90s, or that I, Quentin Tarantino did in the 90s. Now, Tony Scott directed it, but it's his script. And... Uh, it's just something that wouldn't happen today and it shouldn't because there's no reason for it to like, why would you have a character who's supposed to be sympathetic, have <laughs> his like big, yeah, just like start just being like, do you know that you're descended from black people and say the N word like a million times? And it's just like, aren't we supposed to like this guy? Like you just wouldn't do it now. <laughs> this is yeah, making it a little bit challenging. And I don't think Quentin would do it now, but he did. And it was a bummer. Um, it was a big bummer. So like when people are mad at him for it, I'm like, well, He's got to take some of that heat. Yeah, because he's empowered countless white boys to <laughs> yeah, be saying crazy ass white boys. <laughs> crazy ass white boys. Crazy Chet Hankses. Um, we but, don't like that. I, you know, listen, I'm not clutching my pearls about Quentin Tarantino. I think that's really lame to do. I like him. I think he's a good director. But like, yeah, sometimes he's a fucking shithead. Like, stop being an idiot. Yeah, I dude. think shithead is probably the right description for him. And listen, maybe if you're black, you feel differently, and that's your total right. And maybe I'm an idiot. So who knows? Um, but <laughs> way to stand behind your opinion, Evan. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, it's a complicated. Listen, <laughs> it's not like, that's the thing. It's like, it's complicated. It's, com- <laughs> it's complicated. I, I'm willing to say it's complicated. I'm like, Oh, I'm being canceled. Uh, it has to be one way or the other. I'm willing to be like, I don't know what the right thing is. Yeah. You it's know? very wise of you. Thank you. It's very brave. Um, <laughs> So this is the point in the movie, the second long conversation where I'm like, this movie's weird. Like, Yeah, you actually, you turned to me and said, this movie's weird. This movie, and like I've seen Grindhouse movies, right? And a lot of them do have just like interminable dialogue scenes because mm-hmm. like anything, like they're poorly written scripts. Like, yeah. so some people are going to like, some people are really interested in doing just like only weird slasher stuff. And some people are interested in doing interminable bad dialogue. And <laughs> I, so I guess you it could say it's, types. yeah, it's a reference to that. Maybe. I don't know, but I just think he just can't, just can't stand a cut because also this movie just simply isn't as low budget as a grindhouse movie. Yeah. Completely. He has, he has the money to do like a Insane lot of stunts. really, really cool stuff in this movie. And he, yeah. he does. And he does, which is great. He should take advantage. hundred percent. Yeah. And he's working with some professionals. Uh, um, and, you know, I'll add this you, part of this is actually around this time in the movie when this second kind of long, I guess it's more the third long conversation. We also see uh, Tarantino, the actor, uh, he makes an appearance. That's right, he's he the, to put himself the in movies. owner of the bar. Mm-hmm. He has a, a pretty girl sit on his lap and he kisses two women on the mouth. Um, <laughs> and it's great. He takes shots with everyone. Oh, yeah. And then... Go, and then goes away and then has maybe like one or two more lines. It's yeah. great. He's fun. And they're good lines too. Yeah, they're good lines. No, he's wonderful. Uh, so it's because we're introduced to uh, Stuntman Bill. Stuntman Mike. Stuntman Mike. Yeah, he corrects people. Yeah, Stuntman uh, Mike. And Quentin Turner's like, he's a stuntman. Um, he's Stuntman Mike. And Rose McGowan's like, who are you, partner? And he's like, I'm Stuntman Mike. 
Um, that was a pretty good Kurt Russell. That was really good. And um, I might be doing that some more. And uh, and he's like... Um, he's offering to give her... He's like, I'll give you a ride. And she's just like, why would I take a ride from you? You're drunk. Uh, he's like, when I leave the bar. Um, and and she, he's like, I only drink... Um, like tonic and lime like Tonic or and lime. And she's like, well, why are you hanging out at a bar then? That's weird. And he's like, because there are women at the bar. He's like, women. He's like, lots of stuff to look at. Lots yeah. Of stuff to get she's like, with. fair enough. Um, yeah, for some reason, she's just like, yeah, that, that tracks. I'll get in your car later. Cool, that sounds good. Uh, so he goes up to Sweet Pea or whatever her name is. No, nope, that's not what her name is. <laughs> that was in Sucker Punch. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. What's her name? Uh, uh, well, he no, he goes up to Jungle Julia. Yeah. Who is taking that's her name for outside. herself. We're not calling her Jungle no, Julia. No, that's her DJ name. It's Jungle yeah. Julia. She's it's sitting outside 70s, smoking weed, um, which is cool. And right. he kind of goes up to her to and make conversation. And he's like, hey, are you famous? And she's like, I'm I'm working hard to get my record label off the ground. Yeah, she's like my all-female-owned and run record label off the ground. And this I think she says that. This is the first that. we've heard her. Yeah, yeah, and we're like, oh, I guess she's doing that. I guess That's she's good doing for her. that, too. Good for her. And then, and then Kurt Russell like sort of stands near her and like sort of like has an orgasm. I thought that he was like trying to sneeze. But yeah, but they think like maybe he's trying to sneeze, but it seems like it's orgasm coded. He's like, uh, uh. Well, it's like, yeah, yeah, it is. It's really, it's really funny. And then like walks away. And then just walks away, which is fine. And then like walks back and is like, says the secret code. Well, by the time he walks back, Butterfly has mm-hmm. come back from the, she's just been making out with some dweeb. In this, oh, in, and in, in a, a really, really cute scene. little scene. It's the perfect length. And I wish all the scenes in the movie were this charming. Where he's just like, <laughs> I just want to make out a little bit. And she's like, okay. Um, that's not her character at all, but that's fine. She's um, like, okay, I'll so do it. Butterfly is is out there sitting with Jungle Julia. These are these characters' names. It's fine. Um, and Stuntman <laughs> Mike comes back and he hands them both a drink, and he gets down. He says the poem. I'm actually gonna clip him saying the poem here. Cheers, Butterfly. The woods are lovely, dark and deep. And I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. Did you hear me, butterfly? Miles to go before you sleep. Sorry, stuntman Bert. Mike. Mike. She already broke off that dance. Is that true? Did I miss my chance? Um, oh yeah, cool. Because you know, just so people can hear what that's like. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "All right, so you want to give me a lap dance?" Yeah, because the deal was you give me a lap dance if I say the poem. And she's like, "No, sorry, like you freak I can't. me out a little bit." She's like, "Yeah, you you scare me." And he's like, "Is it my scar?" Not the fact that he's been following yeah. them around. Like, oh, it's my scar. And this is some good scene work between Russell and uh, Vanessa Ferlito. Vanessa Ferlito. And this is like again where I'm just like, ah, you know, like. When it's good, it's good. Like what? Uh, I think that, that that whole scene is really tight for me. Yeah, this is not Quentin Tarantino's strongest dialogue, uh, but every but he has. But some, Kurt Russell is delivering like, it super well. Kurt Russell is one of his bravest soldiers, and he's he one of his bravest soldiers. Crushes yeah. all Tarantino dialogue in the same way Samuel L. Jackson does. Yeah. In the same way that. Hmm. Uh, that might be the end of the sentence. Yeah, there's others, but still, you know. Um. Oh, well, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio did a good job. That's true. Oh, and Christoph Waltz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. so, right, so there's okay. people who can there's, really handle there's it. There's people. There's people. Um, we, we, you don't need to fucking list all his movies. But um, 
So she's like, you know, you you freak me out. And he's like, okay, well, you know, like that. He's like, well, are you sure? And she's like, definitely, I'm not interested. And then he's like, all right, well, that's totally fine. She's like, you know, I'll give you a rain check. And he said, well, you're only in town for the next two days. That rain check's not going to mean anything. But that's okay. Um, I You just know how people, like, kind of, like, keep mental lists of, like, or, like, you're, you're like, good I, in my book. Some people say they they got a book. Well, I actually have one. And, and he, he pulls like, out a little red book. And he starts nagging her. He's like... I, you know, some people, I, everyone who I meet goes in here. Some people are on like, on like the, in the good book and <laughs> others. Like, he's like, I think I'm going to have to put you down as chicken shit. And she's like, all right, I'll give you a laugh. Yeah. Dance. And she's like, uh, she's like, like the nagging works. At this point. Yeah. yeah the she's like, that was hard. charismatic. That was charismatic as fuck, dude. So she gives him a lap dance to like a really cool, like song. 50s, One like, of these doo-wop. songs that yeah. like only Quentin Tarantino knows. Cause he has a bigger vinyl collection than you. Yeah. And he and it's like a long lap dance. Yeah, and it, yeah, oh yeah, and it's like almost the whole. It's song. It's almost the whole song, uh, which is cool. Like, fuck yeah, like be indulgent. Um, something I like about him, he's indulgent. Yeah, the movie completely stops for this lap. Except dance. I wish he had indulged less of his long ass dialogue. In this I one. I like them. <laughs> um, I like them. And so she gives the lap dance, and the night wraps up, and they go to leave, and. You know, it's Rose McGowan is getting the ride home from mm-hmm. Stuntman Mike. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, this car's all fitted out with like weird shit in it. And he's like, it's because it's a stunt car. It's got to be <laughs> death proof. Yeah. I can run this car into anything going 120 miles per hour. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, that's annoying for me to sit in, but that's cool, I guess. But okay. And then he turns and he winks at the camera. Yeah. Almost. He smiles at the camera. Directly yeah. into the lens. And he's like, I'm going to go fucking kill these girls. Yeah. And, and he does. And that is what he does. And he runs them down in his car. And There's a really funny moment right at the beginning when we first are figuring out what's going on. He's like asking Rose McGowan, are you going left or right? And she's like, I'm going right. And he's like, that's too bad. Like, we're both going left. If you had said you were also going left, then it would be a little while before you started getting scared. Oh, Since that's a good, another right, good piece of dialogue. You'll have to start getting scared yeah. immediately. That's cool. That was good. And he really sells it. He really sells it. And then, you know, so he like tracks them down in his car and then he hits them in a head-on collision and like there's a lot and of cool effects. they play it four times. Effects. They play it four girl. times. Each girl dies. Like one of them's leg flies off. Yeah, one, one of them gets, them, like, gets like propelled through the windshield. Yeah. Uh, one of them gets her face run off by, by the, the wheel. wheel of the yeah, car. It it's like a lot of cool makeup from, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's super gnar. And the effects are practical. There's no... Uh, like if they're CGI it's like very 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 lightly employed yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's cool it's, it's a, cool it's, it's a cool scene now but let me tell you it, we're now an hour into this film and yeah. this is the first that's that's our one sort of sequence of action the rest has been dialogue yes um, well and a lap dance and a lap dance <laughs> can't forget that um, so then he survives. He's in the hospital. The old, this old we character actor, Sheriff, character in the world. is just like absolutely crushing his monologue. He's just like, well, I think this guy's a pervert. And I think that... <laughs> this is the only way he can shoot he, his goo. Yeah, he can shoot his goo. This is the only way he can shoot his goo. He needs sexual satisfaction from this. Now, I could try to track him down, but people just think it's manslaughter because these girls were drunk. And I honestly am just like not that motivated to I want to go watch NASCAR. I want to go watch NASCAR. And his like son deputy is just like oh all right pops all right and then flash forward <laughs> that's it 14 that's months it. later 14 months later now the then movie all of a sudden is in black and white now the movie is in black and white and there's no more 70s grain and the yeah. shot selection is not as 
sort of 70s setups, yeah. as it were. Um, although he didn't warped. commit that hard to that. At, I think there were a bunch of stuff that was evocative to me. There like, was stuff that on, was like, evocative. the porch scene. But again, it was still set in the 2000s. Yes. Um, he never tries to hide that. He has no, he them doesn't. texting. He has them texting in T9. You're a asshole. You're a asshole is one of the texts. Um, pretty cool. Um... Also, just a quick digression. He doesn't like to show cell phones in his movies. I don't know if you've ever noticed mm, that. People no. have sort of talked about how he's like, doesn't like to use cell phones as sort of plot devices. Mm. Um, well, I mean, and this fair, one barely is. It's not even a plot device because nothing happens. Yeah, but it's just interesting to see that he would even shoot the phone and not yeah. just a phone, but a T9, like Nokia brick. Yeah. Um, For stuff that like is also completely irrelevant to the plot. Like, it's, right. Jungle Julia is trying to text her this like guy, boyfriend to Chris come. Simpson, I think, or Sam Samson or something. Probably a reference to some fucking actor we some, don't know. Some something, some I don't movie. know, some nerd thing. Um, and she's like trying to text him, and he answers noncommittally, and then he never shows up, and like nothing happens. Like nothing. Yeah. It doesn't. It's just a complete any, loose end. It doesn't it make any sense. Like there is, she doesn't. Like not nothing. There's it's not related to anything in at all. This movie because so, now we're in black and white, and now we're like in a with a different group of girls. Yeah, we see their feet again immediately. Yes, yeah, specifically Rosario Dawson's feet. And Kurt Russell's there, and he's leering at him, and then he sort of drives off real fast after yeah. touching one of the girls' feet, Rosario Dawson's feet. Yeah, who's now in the movie? Yeah, it's gross. And Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, an early role for her. Is dressed in a cute little cheerleader, cheerleader outfit. outfit. Yeah. And these three sexy girls and they're stunt drivers slash actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, so it's... Just to, just to clarify for everyone, it's Rosario Dawson, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Tracy Towns, and it ends up also being Zoe Bell. Okay, gotcha. So, because they are in... They're in Lebanon, Tennessee, so presumably they're going to the Nashville airport to pick up Zoe Bell. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, so they have another long dialogue. Long dialogue. Uh, in a diner, which is all one shot. Yeah. It's a very well done shot. Uh, it's like a 10 minute long sequence. And like it really, like unlike most of these long shots these days that you see in like TV for like where directors are just doing them for the sake of doing them. Like mm. this is like a shot where like everything is very organic. It conveys a lot of information by the position of the camera. Like Kurt Russell's there one moment. He's not another. Like it's, it's a very masterfully done piece of like Dolly cinematography. That being said, the dialogue it's structured around is not interesting. Like it's nowhere near the quality of like the diner conversation in Reservoir Dogs, you know, I, like I guess sure, but I will say that like it's not this one isn't a pointless dialogue though, because they're talking about Zoe Bell being like super lucky and like acrobatic when it comes to like avoiding danger and bad situations. They tell right. a story comparing Rosario Dawson and Zoe Bell and kind of like what I don't know, setting up Zoe Bell's kind of like physical abilities, which because well, like, she is a real stunt woman. She's a real stunt woman, um, and like they definitely he, he cashes in on that hard. Yes, we'll get to that. It rocks. It rocks. Um, it's it the really best part rocks. of the movie. Uh, but right now we're not at the best part of the movie. We're in a diner, in a ten-minute-long dialogue sequence. But this leads to Zoe Bell saying, 
I, when I came to America, I had a goal. I really wanted to drive a Dodge Charger, not just any Dodge Charger, but a 1970 mm-hmm. with some kind of engine. I don't know. I don't know car stuff. Um, yeah, but, but they she, do. They do. They, yeah, they're so, they're super into it. And they, she found one nearby and she's like, I want to go test drive it. Like I, like I'm not going to buy it, but I have to test drive it. So right. they go off over to this farm where we meet. We meet like obvious rapists. Obvious rapists. Who's just like hillbilly? any time they talk to him, he's just like, good, good whores. Take your time. Um, it's, it's really gross. And yeah, and they're and they're like not really suspicious about it. They're like, we gotta get this car from this guy. Let's try to take it on a joyride. And they yeah. won't tell us what kind of joyride they want to do. They're gonna play a game called Ship's Mast, but right. they don't elaborate on what that is. But they talk about whether they should or shouldn't do it for another 10 minutes. And then... And then it's if Rosario Dawson can Rosario come. Rosario Dawson is like, can I come? And they talk about that for 10 minutes. So after 20 minutes, they get into the car and they and they leave Mary Elizabeth Winsett <laughs> with the obvious rapist. And then that plot line is never revisited. No, no, yeah, no, never. Nothing happens with that. If and she that. says, gulp? Yeah, she says gulp <laughs> as he's going... <laughs> <laughs> and they just told her she was a porn star. Yeah, so... It's not because good. like they're they're they they were like you got to do some sexual suggestion on this guy to get and that'll he'll let us drive trust drive yeah the so car. essentially they trade this woman for the opportunity to yes. drive a... and this this plot is never revisited again this is over <laughs> her role in the movie is done so that's fine yeah um so, so they go out for their joy ride and we're and now I, we're in completely a two thousands aesthetic now yeah just like the 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 shots are now not in a seventies blocking. And they're they're driving around, and they're like, okay, now one of us is gonna we're gonna take our belts off, and this process takes another ten minutes, and then we're gonna. And we, gonna, at this point, we still don't know what it is that they're talking about. Yeah. They're like in the middle of the road with like this duffel bag, and they're talking about who gets to wear which jacket, yeah. and the gloves, and they have more debate about whether uh, the you know the method in which they will play the game. We still don't understand what the game is, and it gets to the belt. And at this point, we get in the car and we get Rosario Dawson's belt, which she explains to us as Prada, and they have a mini dialogue about whose belt and like how sh- it's okay. Oh, for and, and by the, the way, the one uh, what's her name, uh, the driver, Tracy Toms. Tracy Toms has just been dropping n bombs, just n bomb, n bomb, n bomb, and every single one is just like. Ugh. Uh, uh, just Every doesn't quite one. sound right. I know. It's uh, just, just doesn't quite just sound like off. a real person talks, but whatever. Yeah, but whatever. Okay, um, I guess. And <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm also going to cut this part out, but I can't, you can't even do an impression of this character on the pod no, because it's too racist. But like, also, Rose McGowan is racist. Rose McGowan and is the like an obvious rapist is racist. So this, continue, this is another thing Tarantino likes to do. He likes to put like really blatant racists in his movie and then punish them later. Yeah. Um, to like, I don't know, like show how woke he is or whatever, but he was, he's, he's been doing racist. this like before the word woke existed. Like yeah. he's just very committed to being like, I'm not, I'm saying the N word, but I'm not racist. I'm saying the N word, but I'm not racist. I, I think racists are terrible. And also I'm really horny for black women too, <laughs> as well as white women. In fact, maybe I'm even more horny for black women. It's uh, true. That is, it's a really good Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, but it's fine. Like, but it's fine. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Who among us, you know? <laughs> um, so they begin to play the game. Ship's the game. Yes, yeah, she gets out onto the car holding the belts, and this woman is really on the hood of the car. Yeah. Like this stunt woman, this real life stunt woman, is doing some cool car stuff. Some cool car. They're going 
they're going, even if they're not going a million miles an hour, you're going really fast. It's dangerous it's, what they're doing. These are pra- this is practical stunt work done by dangerous. a buff woman, and she's crushing it. Yeah, she's crushing it. She's so ripped. But then <laughs> Kurt Russell's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> come kill you in the car. He's on he the hunt for them. them, and he just fucking smashes into them. And then we get a really fucking sick sequence. Yeah, it's incredibly tense. that lasts like ten minutes long of just her getting thrown around on the hood of this car trying, trying to hold to on, on as Kurt like, Russell's getting just, spun around and like on the hood and like just in the, it's, it's so cool it's really really tense I, I would maybe just recommend that you just find this sequence on YouTube yeah, and watch like, it just watch the and whole car chase because it's just it's worth doing it's just a great piece of stunt work and yeah. practical effects and it, and it goes on but like you're, you're riveted it's, oh I could it could have gone on for 20 more minutes yeah and I would have been I would have been totally enraptured but um, eventually Kurt Russell does manage to like nudge them and they kind of spin out uh, and then Kurt Russell pulls off to the side and he's like, nice! Like, that was, that that was, was fun. So that was fun, that fun being menaced by me and then they fucking shoot him in the arm. Yeah. They're like, bam! And he's like, oh shit! Oh, yeah, and he starts up. crying like a little bitch right away. Yeah, he's like immediately a bitch and then he runs away and they're like, you want to fucking kill this guy Yeah, now? so we see like, they're, Girl they're, they're sitting in the car and they're like, uh, Rosario Dawson and Tracy Toms are like their tears streaming down their face because yeah, like, so Zoe scary. Bell has like flown off the, 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 the hood of the car into like I don't they like she's totally very dead. effective like you you are very scared with these women very scared like with we're these not women. like they this is the best it's crazy sequence emotionally of the movie and then she pops and she's like I'm fine I'm fine and she's like want to go fucking kill this guy yeah and then the movie is just like okay so now like that's over we're gonna this is gonna be there's no sense of danger no we're just gonna have fun chasing yeah. this guy down in yeah. the car and killing him yeah it's great. And then they do. And then that's exactly what they do. They have another cool car they chase. They have a javelin. Where they're the ones they chasing him. They beat him with a pipe. They, yeah, they they knock the car all around. They have, there's a really, there's a really couple of great sequences where they get like divided in the chase mm-hmm. and like they have to like go and like rejoin up. It's great. Um, it's and then good. eventually they well manage to, to flip the car. Um, also, yeah. I will say Tracy Toms has some great lines like, you know I can't let you go without tapping that ass yeah, one more yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. She's really, she's shredding it. Uh, but they managed to flip the car. He is like getting out. He's he's crying. He's like, he's my like, arm is broken. You've got to be gentle. Broken. And he's like immediately not brave at all. He's no. just like a complete baby. Yeah. Which is fun. It's totally fine. Because it's, it's, it's funny to watch. Like he's just sobbing and screaming like he's, he's really committing because he's, he's Kurt goddamn Russell and I was gonna I said to you I think like Kurt Russell that's the cat if you can hear it I think Kurt Russell doesn't get enough credit for being like one of our great actors period no, like yeah. just as as an actor he's he incredible absolutely, like elevates anything that he's in I yeah. think that he he's amazing but I don't think he's like ever in the conversation in the when way people that, are like, talking about even yeah. someone like, and maybe we'll have a pond dedicated to this. Someone like Tom Hanks. Right. Right. Exactly. Like to me, Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze are like up there. Yeah. You know, are. just like of that era. Um, you know, and granted when they're in their genre movies, they're not like, you know, I mean, they just, they know what, they know what their job is. I mean, watch Joaquin Phoenix in the genre movie. He knows what his job is. These people yeah. know what their job is. They, they understand the assignment in the parlance of our time. And, and they are, they are deliver they are over delivering. And they over deliver. It's, it's um, amazing. 
So he is just totally hamming it up. He understands the assignment. He knows what movie he's in. And mm-hmm. then the three women just start beating the shit out of him, just yeah. punching him in the face over and over it's and really over and over. in a comedic bit where they just punch the shit out of him They just keep like punching him. And then Zoe Bell, like, roundhouse kicks him to the ground. And then they all jump in the air and it freeze frames and it says the end. Yes. And then it plays, like, one scroll of credits and then it resumes and Rosario Dawson, like, scissor kicks his face in. Yeah, and, and then it dies. ends for real. <laughs> um, and then it ends. Um, and that's the whole movie. And that's the whole movie. But that movie is an almost two hour long movie. Because it's, well, it's two movies. Because it's it's the same movie twice. Sort of. It's, well, it's... It's same but different. It's the same but different. In one, the man, the evil stalker man wins. And then yeah. the other one, the women turn the tables. Yeah. Um. Okay. What do you think about that? What, like, what... I mean, I, I, this movie is like a real joy for me to watch. Mm-hmm. I think that it, there's something about his indulge, indulgence and how he just like is, it's so unrestrained to the point where it's like, maybe the movie would be better if you had had something kind of holding you back. But I, in some places, like yes. In some places, no. In some places, yes. In some places, no. I think that all of the, like practical effects for like not only like the makeup but like the stunts like they're awesome they're so cool to oh, look absolutely. at. Oh, absolutely! I wish I just wish we had more of them because again, I think he dodged the assignment of I don't know like making a pure genre film. He like makes this weird, and I know he does this all the time, but like I mean, yeah, it's I guess particularly you- egregious. I think the amount of. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because so I'm thinking of like, I mean, Django's not really a Western, but it's kind of, no. it's a Western. And Glorious Bastards isn't really a World War II movie, but it is. I mean, yeah, he is always remix. I guess I don't know why I expect him to do it. I would expect him to do it in this and not in the other ones because mm. it doesn't bother me in the other ones. But I don't know. For some reason, I just feel like if you're calling your because thing Grindhouse. Because I think he's also going yeah. a little bit further in terms of like, even at the, where he's like layering on yeah. the 70s aesthetics. Yeah. Where it's, I mean, it's way more than kind of anything else he does in, in other movies. But it never has the feel of those movies, like truly. No, it has the feel of a 2000s movie. Yeah, it does. And, it, and it, boy, does it. Yeah, it sure does. But I just like, there's just something, I think it's like the weirdness of this movie really draws me in. It is weird, There's like a bunch of, it's like a bunch of kind of disconnected parts with like the through line of, I I mean, Kurt Russell, I think is like the real anchor of the film. Yeah, he is. I think it's unfortunate that you don't really get much of him in the, in movie B until like the actual car scene of the car chase. Yeah. The actresses are up to it. You know, uh, we were talking, we talked about how like in sucker punch, the actresses just feel like they don't even know where they are in space. They do not know where they are. And these actresses do, they're great actresses. Yeah. um, They're glad to be there. Yeah. They're glad. Yeah. Um, They're having fun. But something has gone seriously awry in this movie for you. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing that, you know, they're exploitation films. If you made a movie that was as exploitative as those 70s films, for the most part, in 2000s, you would be an asshole. Like, there's, like, one movie I saw of this, like, I remember I watched, like, this exploitation film on, like, a school trip. We, like, put it on, and it was just, like, this bus full of, like, female campers. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, there was like a lot of dialogue as they got to the camp. And then at the camp, they get raped like 60 times, like, you know, and then they go and take revenge on the man, Mm -hmm. you know, but like, I do think that there were directors around that time who were, I think, more leaning into this. I, you're going to laugh at this example, but I think that Rob Zombie was really doing that yeah. with House well, of a Thousand Corpses. I mean, it's the Devil's same time. Rejects. It's the same era, it's right? The, it's, it's the same the era. It's the thousands. And it, they have like that kind of 70s thing going on. Like, I really felt that, I, I don't know, I'm going to cut that out. This is not relevant. Never mind. No, no, no. Uh, no, I think this is relevant. I think this is totally relevant. I just think we have to like sort of. I think that there was, I mean, it's not like the, the 2000s were like a pristine era. No. It was different, obviously. Well, and the and the sort of like knowing commentary was definitely like starting on the upswing. You know, yes. it's just like yeah. people are aware, like I'm sure Tarantino's aware, much like Zack Snyder is aware. I, I see honestly both Sucker Punch and this movie as sort of responses to their like sort of early 2000s, 90s work Mm-mm. where it's just like they made these things and people were like, yeah, these were big hits, but like, look at all these sexist things mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, questionable things. We're asking questions. And he was just like, well, what about this? You know, like, yeah. what if I do a female empowerment movie? And now he had, he had done that with Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. which I think is a much more mature and focused I mean, film. Kill than Bill this. is the same. And Kill Bill is the same. But I think he's maybe still working in that mode. Which doesn't seem to be of interest to him, of to modern Tarantino. No, um, you know, like a lot of his movies have. He likes to do a lot of violence. Women out of his system. (laughs) Like, was this enough? Was he like, all right, I don't need any more movies that are like female empowerment movies. I've done. Oh, and then he did like a black empowerment movie. Mm -hmm. And a Jewish empowerment movie. He's interested in clapping back. I think <laughs> I, that's a good yeah Quentin Tarantino is the king of clapbacks and he, I mean I think the reason why he gets a pass from like a lot of you know a lot of black people and women I know is simply that like I think people can all tell he's trying his best mm-hmm. you know like he wants to be good and like he's like a lot of times just like totally misses the mark and is just like yeah sloppy and not good and like kind of like but like it's unintentional yeah. You know, like, I don't think anyone looks at his work and thinks, like, this guy's a racist. I think they look at this work and they go, like, this guy misses the mark sometimes. But, like, I don't know. His heart's in the right place. You his know? Heart's like, in, yeah, his heart's in the right place. But I think as women, I think you all have that guy friend who yeah, is like, just, like, his heart's oh, in the right place. fucking Josh. Like, sometimes he says stuff like that. He doesn't mean he it. He doesn't mean it. But I also think that, like, as far as Tarantino goes, like, he also has, uh, like, a really good, I guess, like, uh, like background narrative of he's always been really vocal about the fact that he doesn't think that violence in movies has any kind of impact on the real world. And it's like, yes, that hyper violence in movies is, is fun. Is and there's fun no and ex- point in worrying about and it. And I think that it's like, he kind of applies that blanket to uh, all yeah. that sort of stuff. I, I basically agree with him. Yeah. Um, like there's been times, you know, we're going back to true romance. There's like a long sequence where James Gandolfini beats, um, I'm forgetting the actress's name, but like, it's just like this, like five minutes. And you're sequence. like, maybe you could have cut some. Of yeah, that. of her just getting the shit kicked out of her, uh-huh. and it's just like, there's a point at which it becomes like, I don't want to say pornographic, but like, 
exploitative exploitation. Yeah, it's like that's like that and that's yeah. closer to an exploitation film than anything that happens in Death Proof. Mm. Except for maybe like, you know, a couple gore scenes. I mean, I just I think that that centering movie A kind of around it ends up being grounded by like Vanessa Ferlito's thing with Stuntman Mike mm-hmm. with Kurt Russell and like she is extremely sexualized in it and Mm -hmm. she there's also lots of close-ups on her face she's a very i think striking face Mm -hmm. and then the thing that happens to her is like her face gets like ground off by the car flying Mm -hmm. over and like it kind of lingers on like her entire face getting (laughs) peeled off it's cool and it rocks so it's like i i in that way i'm like i just don't i don't buy it as like as lazy i guess no no i don't think he's lazy at all don't get me wrong i just think that like I think sometimes his priorities are just not in the best alignment, you know, like why is there so much dialogue, you know, or like, but yeah, I mean, as far as this like offensiveness, like, yeah, there's things, you know, like we talked about the, the dancing scene in from dusk till dawn. Yeah. It's like kind of an exploitation movie scene. You Absolutely. Know? Um, he gets to drink champagne off of Salma Hayek's foot. Yeah. And I, it's like, there's part of me that I'm like, you're such a dick you're, for like you're, doing you're that. You're a shithead. But then like, there's part of me that I'm like, live your truth, bro. But live your truth. You know? Yeah. Like, like this is what you get to do. Live, live your truth. As long as Salma Hayek is cool with it. Like, then sure. You know? And like, that's yeah, an whatever. iconic scene. I, I hope she's happy that she did that because like, it's amazing. I, I liked it. You know? It's amazing. Like, <laughs> it's just like, wow. Okay. Very, very, very cool. Um, um, so, I mean, I, I, I guess in, in your defense I guess defense against me Quentin Tarantino also doesn't like this movie and he thinks Uh, that it's like his like worst movie which is really funny because boom I think this is uh, this is my favorite Tarantino movie this is your favorite Tarantino movie grow up this is my (laughs) bad take Rachel (laughs) Tarantino sound drop sound drop okay I mean Rachel I think that (laughs) P.U. I think Kill Bill 1 is a close second for me I like Kill Bill One. Don't I, get but me wrong. you're making a, you're making the, this the bad take Rachel face that you sometimes. I think we can't get. rule out Pulp Fiction. I think we can't rule out. My mom loves Pulp Fiction, and my mom is like a a 65 year old evangelical Christian, and she hates every other Tarantino. But she loves Pulp Fiction. Tarantino movies ranked to piss off the audience, but I mean, <laughs> I, I would like to just uh, put. Uh, put my money in the jar of I don't know if it's his best movie but I didn't say best I said my favorite well no but what I'm about to say is I don't know if it's his best movie but it may be and I think Once Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is in fact maybe his best film now I know it has problems Mm -hmm. but they all do but such as it's too long and there's like unnecessary shit in it um like all his movies but i think a lot of us were expecting violence to be done upon pregnant sharon tate and that yeah, didn't that didn't yeah, ha- and he, he subverted he, our expectations yeah, exactly. in a good way like i'm glad he didn't do I, that i'm glad he didn't do that but on it, but like he spent too much time making us think it was going to happen yeah. and it was just like ugh I, it's like not that i wanted to see that we, but i you can't put it past that. him you know yeah exactly um so but it is his most heartfelt film, I think, because so many of his other movies are just like such genre curation of like, look at my record collection, look at my, look at all these references I can, you know, deploy, look at my dialogue, look at all this. Um, 
and not to say there aren't heartfelt moments in other of his films. I think Jackie Brown is probably my second, if not my favorite film of his, my second favorite film wow. uh, after a Pulp Fiction. But this one's maybe my third just because I think it's his most heartfelt film. Wow. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that is. Um, it's like his most earnest film. We keep using that word. But, yeah, um, it's kind of a theme for us. I've only seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood once. Um, I saw it and I thought that it was good, but... I have kind of felt like a dwindling interest in Tarantino over the years. Well, and I had too, but after Hateful Eight, but mm, but this that kind of brought but you back. Was really reinvigorated by Once Upon a Time. I I was really like, oh, okay. Well, if he's going to be in this mode, I'm I'll follow him. I liked a lot of that I mean, movie, but again, I I've seen all nine of his movies. You yeah. know, like I haven't done that with that many directors. Um, yeah. Other than the ones I I you know. Whether I like them or not, I'm, like, very attracted to, like, what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tarantino was one of them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... You didn't like Death Proof, but it was... it You know, it made an impression. I'm glad I saw it, and I'll think about parts of it forever. Like, that's... Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, because it... Car chase, I guess, like, stuff. I guess even at his worst, Tarantino's still a really good director, and he makes stuff that's fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. He's, like... Very thoughtful about where he puts the camera. He shoots mm-hmm. on film. He yeah. it does practical effects. It's very noble. He's he cares. You know, he cares. Yeah, and care goes a long way. Yeah, he's. I'm. I'm always rooting for him. I guess I would say, but yeah, I will roll my eyes. You, because you, yeah, you must. Well, because I'm not a fucking like. I don't have a fandom mentality about. Yeah, Tarantino fanboys are you know our problem. I'm just trying to think critically about art motherfucker like i don't know i'm that's why we're doing this podcast as far yeah. as i'm concerned it's like yeah. so it gives me an excuse to think critically about art and like yeah so that's yeah we didn't start this podcast to praise quentin tarantino yeah or to cancel him like fuck you that's we started this podcast that's to for baby brains zach snyder like, that's oh, what we five red flags if his favorite movie is pulp fiction he should you should not sleep with him he has a bed frame on the floor fuck off who cares fuck you Really let him have it. Shut the fuck up. Just like watch, like watch movies like an adult. And like some are good and some are bad and some parts are good and some parts are bad. Okay, like- but I do got to say there is something to be said for like, did the person understand the movie and did they understand it and that's why they like it or did they not understand it and that's why they like it when i go okay so like i'll I'll talk some shit we can cut this out or we can keep it in i don't give a shit but when i go to the new beverly which is quentin tarantino's theater in los angeles Mm -hmm. it's great theater that he runs the tickets are cheap the concessions are cheap he has great programming there it's fun to go i try to go at least once or twice a month go to the new beverly um if you're in la it's a treat it's an old 70s theater that he renovated but kept 70s because he loves it, folks. <laughs> and um, and sometimes he's even in there and you hear him laughing in the back rows. Uh, That's cute. Yeah, it's he rocks. Um, so, but when I go, I stand in line because you have to stand in, like, there's no assigned seating and you like sort of wait to be let in. And just like everyone there looks like me. It has like <laughs> the same like sort of like posture and dress and affectation mm-hmm. And it makes me want to kill myself. Is it a total sausage party? It's a total sausage party. And it's just like a bunch of like male film nerds. And like, here's the thing. <laughs> You're like, I want to, I want to die. I don't even want to be around well, anymore. Well, it's like, it's like, I am a male film nerd, but guess what I don't do? Like <laughs> I talk shit on my podcast and if you want to listen to it, you can listen to it. But I certainly don't pontificate loudly outside the door of the new Beverly. And that's what all these people do. Oh, to brag about how Yeah, it's just like, oh, saw I saw this and I saw that. It's like this. And I actually, I like this director and I don't like that director 
and it's like, oh, have you seen that Truffaut? It's like, oh, I've seen this Truffaut, but not that Truffaut. And it's just like, I could have that conversation, but like, I'm only interested in having that conversation if like you actually want to have it instead yeah. of just like waving your dick around on Sunset or it's on Beverly Boulevard. It's <laughs> Beverly, you know? So like, and I get it. It's like an industry town. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe some of that, some of those people can back that shit up. Maybe some of those people are fucking DPs, you know, like I, I you know, I get that doesn't make them not annoying. But it doesn't make them not annoying and antisocial. Um, so like, yeah, do I get some people, you know, don't vibe with it? Totally. But you know, what the fuck was I saying? I don't know. We're talking about the fact that we're not here. Like we're not like a a Tarantino fanboy, Right. But we're not not a Tarantino hater either. No, 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 not, not a hater. Not, not any of that. I don't think like, I do think that there's something to be said. This is what we're talking about. I'll make sure that we get to the right point. Mm Mm-hmm. We were, what we were talking about was um, red flags. And oh, yeah, red so flags. So it's like someone understanding a movie and liking it or not yeah. understanding it, and that's why they like it, which mm-hmm. is like so often how I, like people say this is like a red flag movie, whatever, but like Fight Club is Fight one of those Club, where it's like, yeah. I, it's, it's an, I really love Fight Club. It's, it's, it's it's, well, fun. Like, the funny thing about Fight Club is I always say it's just like it was written by a guy who like majored in women and gender and queer studies. Like, yeah. like I, don't, he, I don't think he did actually, but it says if. yeah. Like, it's almost as if he did because it's just, like, so clearly a movie about toxic masculinity that, like, obviously it goes over a lot of people's heads. But it's, like, it's going over your head, too, if you are if you condemn it, you know? No, because absolutely. Yeah, so it's, like... It's just I, so obviously what it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like, you have, you've kind of missed the point. So, I mean, that's Tarantino. That's Death Proof, 2007. An interesting. Should you watch it? Would you Would you say Doctor Movies? Um, if you're a Tarantino completist, or if you're a Tarantino completist, I would say yes. Which I am, I suppose, a Tarantino completist. If you're like a Grindhouse film fan, I don't know. Uh, I guess I don't think this is gonna scratch that itch. Is my point. I. I like seeing things that are bad and off-putting and really upsetting. And this does, in a lot of ways, scratch the itch. Yeah. I just wish it sort of scratched a more libidinal itch in some places. A more libidinal itch. ah, That's right. Uh, Instead of just like the the talky itch. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) You really had a problem with the talking in this. I just think that it's like, sorry, but you have to cut some of this. You have, like, it's not effective unless you cut some of this dialogue. Like... You don't need as much of it as you're using. Listen up, Quentin. When you're doing a 20-year uh, edit for this movie, take into account this feedback. Yeah, honestly, you probably could get that out of this. You could probably cut 20 minutes of dialogue from this. And get an hour and a half. It would look a little choppy, but like, it would be a better movie, I think. Yeah, there's yeah. stuff. There, tight 90. There, there, there's stuff. We love a tight 90. It's we just the best. 90. Something Tarantino will never do, and I don't. I hope he never does it. Okay, except for this, obviously. You're such a hypocrite. You wish that Death Proof was a tight 90. <laughs> Well, yeah, but because that's the assignment. <laughs> it's like a double feature okay, Grindhouse okay, film. It should okay, be 90 professor. minutes. You, know, you should have made like Near Dark or something. I had a great genre film. Check that <laughs> one out. <laughs> Catherine Bigelow. Look, look, look that one up. Yeah. Um, um, so that's been our discussion of Death Proof. Thank you for mm-hmm. listening. Uh, I have no clue what we're going to do next, and neither do you. Neither do you, uh, but we actually are thinking about doing the pandemic retrospective. We were thinking about doing a pandemic retrospective. We both realized that we've seen a lot of movies that have come out during the pandemic after mm-hmm. originally thinking that we 
haven't and we didn't see enough to kind of justify mm-hmm. that but so we just like to maybe just go through some of the movies that we won't do an episode on but that we will want to, want to mention that we liked or thought sucked or whatever just yeah. like you know i want to talk about malcolm and maria a little bit so thank you for listening yeah um goodbye goodbye, goodbye. forever uh, watch death proof don't listen to him it's it's actually good i'm editing this do it do it <laughs>